All right, so no RJ on the pod today. It was a different show, a little bit shorter, a little bit, uh, little, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's always a different vibe when RJ's here. I'm, I'm more nervous when RJ's here. I'm worried I'm going to say something dumb. So I just stay quiet and let Fez say all the dumb stuff. But I don't think we said a lot of dumb stuff today. Oh, I said a couple of real dumb things. Yeah, you did still. Yeah. Mackenzie thinks I said some dumb things about LeBron James. Uh, you know what? There was some smart things said. There was some dumb things said. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> it was the best of times. Yeah. Uh, you know, one thing I've learned, having worked with RJ, is that when you say something dumb, just admit to it. Yeah. Oh, don't, that's a good move. Yeah. You know, yeah. Don't pro tip. Yeah. The pro tip. Don't like like don't die on that hill. Yeah. All right. Two things to offer you guys today. You. If you love baseball, the first offer's for you. If you don't care about baseball, stick around for the second offer. Uh, let's do this. Let's do now until the All-Star break, which is July 10th. You can get – it's a 47-day all-access to the All-Star break, discounted subscription. You get all-access in all sports. So I guess you don't have to care about baseball, but that's just when it expires. Uh, you get it from your favorite pro for 47 days – for the same price as 30-day all-access. That's more than 50% that you're getting for free. That's tough to beat. That's 17 bonus days. Uh, pay $199 with the coupon code DREAM50. DREAM50. And you will get that uh, for $199. It's a 30-day all-access for 47 days. Some pros you might be interested in. I'll tell you who's hot right now. Spartan, plus 35 units so far this season in MLB. Andre Gomes, plus 16 and a half units so far. Steve Fezzik, plus 15 and a half units in Major League Baseball. Look at you, Fez, a baseball expert. One and two today. Pissed. Okay, well, that happens. Uh, so any sport, all access. Like, And here's the great thing about that. You'll find out during this pod – Fez is giving out NFL picks right now. So if you get Fez's all access, you'll yeah, you'll get his the rest of the MLB to the All-Star break, you'll get the rest of the NBA playoffs, but you'll also get the early NFL picks. So now's a great time to jump in, uh jump in with your favorite pro. CFL's about to start. And yeah, they're and, in preseason. And this will run you also through the end of the season with McKenzie Rivers. Uh, as well, if you want to get on the uh, jump on that, the last of this NBA season. WNBA has started. Oh, one and zero. One and zero. Who'd you bet on the Aces? I played Minnesota under. I'm a I'm a hockey expert now because I just say VGK baby VGK. VGK. And they yeah, keep the, winning. the Aces. So much we talk about coaching the critical aspect. If if everyone's going to pay attention to this pod in the NBA, well, Becky Hammond suspended for two games and the Aces won by 41. And coaching doesn't matter in the WNBA. Not when, not when you have that talent. Of, the Aces not when you have their talent. Just the bet the Aces and Liberty every game? The Liberty actually lost their opener. Can you believe it? Oh, they got blown so now out. we have to hammer them in the, their they, next game. They are too late. They already won uh. by a zillion. <laughs> Good day. But correct, yes. All right, and then. Played Indiana, the worst team in the league. We've got this. The mom- Only covered by one. Fez, can I finish the commercial? Yes, sir. Well, no one cares about the WNBA anymore. That was for like 30 seconds. There was a lot of seconds. garbage time. Fever came back by like 13 in the fourth <laughs> quarter. Kids, we all don't encourage it. him. All right. <laughs> Here's the deal. The Memorial Day celebration is going on. You can save $10 on any package, any package or discounted subscription using the code U 
USA. This promo begins on Friday, that's May 26th, runs through Memorial Day on May 29th, and as an added bonus for our members, we'll place a 30% discount in your shopping cart as well. That will be in your cart Friday, May 26th. So if you're not a pregame.com member, what are you waiting for? Coupon code USA for the $10 discount. And then that 30% discount will be sitting in your shopping cart on Friday. I mentioned Spartan plus 18.7 units the last seven days, all sports. Greg Shaker plus eight and a half units the last seven days, all sports. You know who the man is the last seven days, all sports? Our boy Sleepy J. Oh, yeah. Nine and one plus 22 units in the last seven days. Back in our boy Sleepy J. So uh, there you go. Memorial Day celebration. Coupon code USA to get $10 off any package. And you'll have 30% waiting for you on Friday. We got a good show. I'm excited to bring it to you. Enjoy. All right, welcome in to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. I am not R.J. Bell. Nor uh, will you ever be. I will never be. I'm A.J. Hoffman, and I have the Wise Guy Roundtable, minus R.J., uh, here with me to my right, the only two-time champion of the Super Contest, Mr. Steve Fezzik. Fez, how are you, friend? Lousy. Lousy, he says. That's great. That's a great start to the I'm energy on a for the pod. Three and eleven run after just like. Why are you an idiot? Well, I was smart when I was on a twenty and two run twelve days ago. So twenty and two, and then three and eleven, twenty three and thirteen. Yeah, but if you go back further, I was losing. Bef- you know, early in the year. So okay. you add it all up. And bottom line is, I am down for my clients for the year, and it's not February. Now it's it's May, almost June. The summer solstice fast approaches, and um, what's your plan? You know, I think I have to do an evaluation of how best to provide winners to my clients because I'm a little discouraged by the lack of liquidity in the marketplace. Specifically, we talked about the we're coming off of um, Game uh, 4 of Boston that landed 215, and that should have been a winner for my clients. But by the time I bet over 214.5 and over 215, the markets got spooked and they moved, and and 215 never appeared again. And if, if an NBA semifinal game is having a total move, a point, on what isn't like a tremendous amount of volume, I worry about the liquidity of the marketplace. Fair enough. Across from me, he has won zero super contests in the history of time, but he is Scott Seidenberg. Hello, Scott, my co-host of SOVAM. We're here. We're hanging in there. We out here. And to my left, the utmost NBA expert in the handicapping world, it seems. Two year, like You could have said last year, yeah, McKinsey had a good run. What was it? What was it? Fifty-six percent, McKenzie. Fifty-seven percent last year. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, and it plus how many units? Sixty-four. Yeah, and they could have said, "Well, yeah," and that was your first full year as a handicapper, right? Like giving out picks. It was. And people could have said, eh, "That's a fluke." So what, McKenzie? Do this year? What percentage? I think I'm fifty-five and a half percent. So McKenzie's good at this. The 
the NBA is it's it's the sand in the hourglass is disappearing. The Lakers gave us nothing. Nothing. You know what, Fez? I got to come at you a little bit. Mr. The Heat won't win a game in this series. What do you have to say for these Celtics? That everyone's been sucking the big green dick of the Celtics all season long. What is wrong with this team? Why, well, why are they not running over the Miami Heat? Well, I was almost directionally right because I did predict a sweep. <laughs> I just had some of the details incorrect. You know, I, I got to be honest. I, my, my, I, I've had a, a solid NBA year. Great, mm-hmm. a great NBA year. All right. I have never been less confident going into the as we approach the NBA Finals. I have a situation where Miami was an average team all year long. Then the play-ins hit, and they were busted. They were done, though. The Bulls had them. They're down 15. It's in the it's in the second half, and somehow they make the playoffs. And now all of a sudden they got this guy Kaleeb, and 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 I mean they they don't even have like their third best player during the regular season. Yeah, and they are just out there styling. How, in hindsight, and I've been saying this, I want you to answer this question. In hindsight, do the Celtics miss Ime Udoka? Like now that you're in big-time playoff situations and you've got a first-year head coach... Like is it is it obvious that they that their coach isn't ready for this big time? Well, I think the fact that they have like a three point lead and every seemingly you know early in the series and, and then you them play, away and then they can't score in the final four minutes and they can't drop anything worthy. So I think abs- absolutely. But but even I don't I don't you don't need a coach. It's it, it, I mean this is not I mean this is I, not. I don't think I believe that. Like I I think that. So you don't need a coach during the regular season, but you need one in the playoffs. You know, it's like it shouldn't be this big of a drop-off. It's drop a different off. game. You, maybe you, you, maybe like, you I'm know wrong. it's a maybe different game. Yeah. How many how many one sixteen ninety nine games do we see in the regular season? Yeah. Like that should be the answer right there. Like they don't happen. Mm-hmm. So it, it is a different game, and I, and I do think that there is some some sort of learning curve on how to how to coach and how to play playoff basketball. Uh, do you you disagree, McKenzie? I've never learned so much in so few days. I used to think coaching really didn't really matter. I really thought that. I'm like, maybe in a close game, it might matter two points here and there. But players got to get the possessions. Players got to get the possessions. got to get the stops. That was always my mentality. Um, the way the Suns fell apart and the, and the Nuggets just blasted them at home in game six. And then these Celtics teams, I got I to gotta go back to the drawing board because I was very surprised. I think in a way, and I've always been this way too, like I, I've always sort of diminished how valuable coaching is. But I think, and it's kind of this way in the NFL too, I think there's probably seven or eight guys that really add to their team. and like, But you can't tell me that there's no difference between Greg Popovich coaching a team and some first-year guy who didn't even think he was going to be coaching until two weeks before the season. Like, there's a, there's got to be a difference. Here's where I struggle. NFL, right, which I understand more. So the genius Belichick might be worth three points. All okay. Right? No one else is even worth a point and a half. They're, I mean, I disagree. Now, the bad coaches can be minus three. Okay, that's yeah. fine. Absolutely. Um, you know, by the way, I was like, Greg McManus just got released for Denver. And I was like, you know, it's interesting. What a fall he has. Like, like just week one, he was he was being trot out there on fourth and five to try a 64-yard field goal. Well, that's in his range. Level. It's in his range. Yeah, in, in Seattle. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and now he's cut. 
But the bad example, bad he left with his coach. Bad obviously. coaching, yes, very <laughs> bad coaching. Um, but the uh, no one in the NFL is like 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 the fourth coach is like worth half a point. And so, and maybe maybe it's just maybe it, it, it does matter in the NBA. I mean, I I, I think like baseball. But like you agree, think, in the playoffs, having a good coach is more important than in the I, regular season. I, right? I do, but 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 it still seems odd that like in the NFL. Yeah, it matters more in the NFL, but it's worth like a point. You know, it's not. Yeah. It, 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 and like I look at Dusty Baker, and he's a great MLB coach because he gets everybody gets along. It's more. It seems like the coaching in most sports, it's more about just have, helping everybody get along than anything else. Well, and maybe it's just experience. Yeah, I think what we've seen, and I'm thinking about it in not just the NBA, but also in the NHL, is that we we have to almost erase what we saw in the regular season. Because the regular season, especially in the NBA, it's just meaningless. And these players know it. And these coaches know it. With the playing tournament now, you have to be god-awful to not get into the NBA postseason. So you can load manage during the regular season. You can take nights off. and Miami was god-awful. And then get into the playoffs and then play to your full advantage. Miami last year was the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. They had the they won 53 games last year, and they took the Celtics to se- seven games, right, McKenzie, in the conference finals last year? Jimmy Butler missed the shot to win it. Seven games. So then this year in the regular season, what was there any difference between the Heat team this year, McKenzie, and that team last year? Bad injury luck, I'd say. Okay. So, but, no but, difference. But no difference, right? So in the regular season, they're not as motivated because they saw – what happened last year. They knew it was a war of attrition. They knew that they had to be their best if it came down to a seven-game series late in the playoffs. So you take a couple of nights off during the regular season. You don't play as hard as you as you usually do. And then you get into the playoffs as an eight seed, and you make your run. I, I accept this for Golden State as a six seed. What about, And the Lakers as well. I'll accept that for the Lakers that you know ultimately came at the number seven slot and needed to win one game, okay? I'm really struggling with the team where they, they I mean you're walking the edge so close with the almost not making the playoffs for Miami. I I'm, I I really want to go back and watch the, like their last 12 games to see what the hell happened to this team and how they suddenly, you know, the eye test says, yeah, they're every bit as good as Milwaukee. Listen, and, it's it, it's almost it's a direct comparison to what's what we're seeing in the NHL right now and it's the other Miami or South Florida team in the Florida Panthers who also last year were the number one seed, and this season had a terrible regular season, barely get into the playoffs as an eight seed, and are now one win away from the championship, just like the Miami Heat are. Well, I can't name one franchise in the NHL, so I, I, I'm crippled. Pittsburgh but I will, Penguins. But I will, thank you, thank you. <laughs> but I will say this, that uh, my, my reaction would be, well, so what? That's always been that way. I've, I, I mean, hockey team, crappy hockey teams make deep yeah. runs. They the get a hot tra- goaltender. This is not is, unusual. But NBA, the, yes, this the, never happens. The point I'm trying to make is that we, we're seeing things that are defying. We're seeing performances in the playoffs that are almost defying what we saw during the regular season. But that, if you actually right. examine who these teams are, it should be no surprise given Miami was in the NBA Finals in the bubble in 2020. They were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference last year. It's the same team. So, yeah, they're capable of winning these games even against the Celtics team. And I think the market disrespected them the entire way. Uh, and I think the oh, market. No doubt. I, I mean, I I think the market overvalued the Celtics. 
at the same I think it's a, a perfect storm. Well, can you blame the market? It's like this is this is historic. Well, but you know what? 500 teams don't beat teams that, that win 58 games except, ever. Except they already fucking did one time. Well, and that's going to be twice. Like they did it to the Bucks and we didn't learn a lesson from it. Well, I think now now is the rub because we were so quick to throw Milwaukee under the bus and Giannis was hurt and they couldn't make their free throws and probably in retrospect we should have said, "You know what? It's a 4 out of 7. You win 4 games against a team that won 58 games." Probably it's time mm-hmm. to do that evaluation now and not make them plus five fifty the next time they play a team comparable to Milwaukee. And am I wrong, Mac? Is the one game that the the Bucks won in that series was the game that Giannis played, right? Or no, that was the game that Giannis missed. Okay, that, that, yeah, that that, I, that he missed. So like the one win they had, Giannis was out. Giannis played in the other four games and they lost. Like, and it's not like this Heat team was the Detroit Pistons for the last five years, they've been like right there with the, they've been right there with, with Philly, Toronto, Boston, Milwaukee. They've been at the top of the Eastern conference standings for five years in a row. They've been in Eastern conference finals. This isn't a team that just showed up out of nowhere. And it's, it's essentially the same group of guys. It's Jimmy Butler, Bam, and a bunch of guys, and Eric Spolstra. And and the mar- the market continues to not believe. The market continues, and probably wrong, the market continues to anchor these guys to what we saw before the playoffs started. Because here we go. We played four games, and Miami has had the best of it in the series so far. They're up three games to one. So what's Boston laying? Three? Four? No. What? Seven and a half? Seven and a half. And seven, it's so funny. Think about this. Eight, eight now. Boston is laying eight, and you know why they're laying eight? Because the market refuses to make anything but tweaks to the typically to the opening line, unless you're in a must-win situation. Well, Boston's in a must-win situation, so I guess maybe you could argue that they're going to be in a must-win situation in Game From Six. From now on, also. yeah. So, but but Game Six, and honestly, they've been in must-win situations every series. It feels like they're gone. They're going to be favored Game Six. I feel. Do you guys disagree with that or agree? Uh, game Six in Miami. I yeah. think I, Boston uh, will yeah, be probably will. I think yeah. Boston will be favored. Well, yeah, because they'll be coming off two straight wins. No, it'd be oh yeah, Boston would be coming two off two straight wins. Straight wins. Yeah. So yes, they'd be favored because I priced their chance of winning the series. I said point four five times point seven two. I just tweeted this earlier today. Times point five two times point seven five. Ma- that, that would be my my probability because they, they're going to keep getting bumped by the market with with each game they're able to win. Max said something to me today when we were when we were talking before uh before the pod started about this Celtics team like there's never been a more likely team to come back from a 3-0 deficit than this Celtics team versus this Heat team. Yeah. Because yeah. when whenever is the you know the Perceived best team in the East down to the eight seed 3 0. It's, it's, we've never seen this. The only comp I can think about is that I mentioned that series. I, I've never been able to find what it was, but it was when Phoenix was playing the Lakers and they were, I believe, and they were down. It was the best three of five and they yeah. lost the first two games. And I mean, it, I guess it's the, uh, it, it's happening in the Eastern Conference in hockey as well, <laughs> where the eight seed is up 3 0. But again, uh, hockey, but hockey, a, hockey is like its own. They say you got to play a best of fifty-one to like get a to, to get the better team to be with high confidence to advance. Maybe so. I I just feel like at what point, what would the Heat have to do for people to go? You know what? Yeah, maybe maybe they're actually maybe they're better than we thought they were. Close out this series on the road and then take a two games to none series lead by winning the first two games in Denver. 
That's what it would take. That's what it would the, take. Imagine the market's still, the market still going to flip them the bird. The market will upgrade them a point. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, they're still they're, they'll, they're, they'll be a one point dog at home instead of. <laughs> that's right. I mean, it 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 it, it, it really is true. Yes, I, I I don't get it. Like, and again, I understand. Like, we should value eighty two games more than we value twenty playoff games. I Maybe get we that, shouldn't. But I do think you have to wait teams that have playoff experience and this this Miami Heat this team is strong is someone that just showed up out of nowhere and has never won uh, yep. like this team has been there man and it it's and it's the same reason honestly that I discounted the nuggets yeah I was going to say like, doesn't denver fly in the face of that that yes, that, I, that, that, that that this team the perennial altitude but why can I admit I'm wrong on the nuggets season? and no one will admit it about the Celtics like there's still people who are like no. because the Celtics have star power and the Nuggets play in Denver. Yeah, yeah, and, and Denver people don't always watch, and people, out and people don't watch their games because they're late here on the West Coast and they don't have a marketable superstar on their team. They have one of the greatest players of this generation in Jokic, but he's not marketable. This is the conversation we were having earlier, and I really want you to think about this. If you ask 100 people on the street to name the five biggest superstars in the NBA, how many out of those 100 put Nikola Jokic in their top five? Zero. How many can spell his first name? Well, that's not hard. I mean, it's... It's not like there's like a J in there. <laughs> N-I-K-O-L-A. Yeah, it's Nikola. phonetic. Yeah. All right. That's I can understand if it was like N I J. How many can spell like, his last name? I, well, probably less. Okay. Yeah. They call him the Joker. <laughs> but think about this. Like... When is first of all, when's the last time a team that was centered around a big man? When's the last time that one of those teams won the NBA title? Shaq. You're, you're probably going back to or Duncan. Giannis. Yeah, no, I would say yeah, I'd say Shaq, the Heat championship with Shaq, but that wasn't Dwayne Wade was the, yeah, was I, the I main guy. The, I think it's the the Spur, not the Spurs Duncan. last title. It's the the title before that. Yeah, not the Kawhi title. Yeah, yeah. It, so it would have been what oh five or oh seven? Yeah, it would have been oh seven. That's the last time. And, like, I get that. Was Garnett a big man? Was the team centered around him? I think Paul Pierce yeah. was probably the best player on that team. I thought Garnett was the best one, but I could be wrong. I, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. I think at the, at the time it was, like, the, uh, it was the uh, the start of having a big three. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, think Paul, I think Paul Pierce and Garnett were at least equals. Sure. But even then, is Garnett – like, Garnett's not a – I, I never thought of. I guess Garnett. You could, con, if if you consider Tim Duncan a big, maybe you have to consider Garnett one. But I don't know. It, it's just it doesn't happen. Like today's NBA is not built for big men. Yet here's this guy, who's won two consecutive MVPs, probably should have won a third consecutive MVP, and no one gives a shit. <laughs> like no one, no one looks like no one wants to watch Nuggets games. No, the Nuggets catching five and a half at LA. Yeah, what? Up three uh, zero. It's wild. And oh, I guess they were only catching what three and a half on game four. Do we all three. agree? Three. If it's the Denver Nuggets against the Miami Heat, this will be the lowest rated NBA Finals. Not not counting the bubble, but. This would be the lowest NBA Finals in a long, long time, if not ever. Like, it, yes. It's, oh, it, yeah. I won't watch it <laughs> other than to make money. I, I mean, seriously. I mean, I am like, 
I would rather, but this is terrible. But but I, I'm just an NBA hater, so I'm 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 clearly old guy. Get off my lawn when it comes to that. I just like football. It's I, I don't know, man. It, it's a weird it's a weird thing that Jokic isn't getting love. Uh, it, like even when it comes to betting markets, like not getting the love you would expect. I mean, you mentioned that the game four line against the Lakers. It's yeah, I think it was three and a quarter was the game four line. Again, five and a half was the game three line. Uh, I'm yeah, confident. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. But, and I'll tell you this, the thing that I respected the most during that Lakers-Nuggets game four, the Nuggets had 30 bench minutes. They played two guys off the bench. One of them got 10 minutes. One of them got 20. Every other minute went to starting the starting five. Mm. Like the Nuggets said, we are not messing around. We are finishing this off in four. Like, and Scott and I talked about the gentleman sweep theory. And like, I kind of thought the Nuggets would relax. And if you'd looked at that, it, it, you take a snapshot of that game, which was, I guess it was maybe five minutes into the third quarter. What were the Nuggets down 100? <laughs> they were down and, big. Yeah. Like, no, they were down 15, double, 16 yep. points. And if you said the Nuggets are going to lose this game by 15 points, I would have gone, okay, that's fine. They'll win. They'll win game five. Yeah, they're up three games to none. This is the time where you can just sit Jokic, sit Murray. Yes, fine. We'll we'll get them in Denver. And they said, no, friend, no, not us. We are taking this now. You can piss off, and that's exactly what they did. Like they took it from them. Well, do we think now, looking at this Denver team? And you mentioned like that that fighting spirit should tell us everything we need to know about this team moving forward, right? Yeah. Like Modelo, the Mar- the fighting spirit. There you go. But <laughs> all right, Canelo. If you're but, looking for a sponsor, Modelo, but, if you're looking to sponsor somebody. But the market will disrespect them. They only outgained. They only outscored their opponents by like three and a half points per per game, despite when, an, an obscene altitude advantage. And by all accounts, this is a team so when, that plays hard every night. When we get to the NBA Finals, will there be advantages to bet on the Nuggets? And I think the answer is yes, because I well, think the market's not going to be. Uh, what would the Nuggets be? be would the Nuggets be? be favored over the Celtics? I think that I think they'll be priced equally, like they're as even teams. You agree with that, Mac? Yeah, I wouldn't have said that a couple of weeks ago, but I think yeah, probably make them pick them. So or it's, make it even teams, and then the Nuggets have home court. Uh, so it's yeah. hard for me to say the that Nuggets, they would. No, the Celtics uh, have home court advantage. I yeah, think. think Celtics do. So it's hard to say that the Nuggets are disrespected by the market because what's if, the line game one against uh, the Heat? Against the Heat, seven? seven. Yeah, seven and a half. I don't think that's disrespect. Do you? If it's lower, then it well, certainly will well, be. It's because the Heat are in the are, are still a dumpster fire in everyone's power rating. Yeah, the Heat, the the Heat, who just beat the two best teams mm-hmm. in the East. Like, yeah, we can't trust them to win games. Like, it's crazy. So, hot off the presses, 2023-2024 NBA title odds. This is an interesting uh, Ooh. power Ooh. rating. The Nuggets and the Celtics are your favorite at six to one. Bucks seven to one. Suns nine to one. Lakers ten to one. Westgate just released. What those. are the Heat? The Miami one Heat. One million to one. <laughs> Sixth, seventh, eighth. They're ninth. They're tied with the Warriors at sixteen to one. That's actually uh, that's better than their odds coming into these playoffs. Yeah, well, that's a shocker. <laughs> I mean, think about that. Oh, coming into these playoffs. coming into oh. this season's playoffs. Th- th- those odds, those odds are, are are comparable, not quite as good as them getting one one series win. Yeah, you know, uh, we're, yes. I mean, it's just wild, man. I I don't know. I uh, think money's going to come in on Miami in the in the finals against Denver, and the lines will move down 
and there'll be betting opportunities on Denver. I, I think all the public will be against Denver because the narrative is against Denver. Well, that's only because the uh, the lines makers are going to open the numbers Denver minus seven and yeah. a half. Yeah, but the, but, I mean, but if the, they open Denver minus five, but also they'd the, be like, oh, the nat- ridiculous. The national narrative, the national media is not giving the Nuggets any respect. They're not giving the Nuggets any attention. The top stories on ESPN today were LeBron's future with the Lakers. Which we'll get into here momentarily. You know, um, Next. W- should should the Celtics break up Tatum and Brown? <laughs> like, is this experiment over, right? Well, and that was clearly and, before game four. And, and Aaron Rodgers has a tweaked uh, calf in Jets OTAs. Nothing about Jokic set, passing Wilt Chamberlain for the most triple-doubles in a single NBA postseason. Nothing about the Nuggets finishing off a sweep of the Lakers and making their first NBA Finals in franchise history. Nothing about one of the greatest postseason performances but by it, a player, Nikola Jokic. Well, the Jokic. Lakers actually had moral victories in not just Game 1, but Game 2. Well, and it goes, they hung around. It goes back to, are you clicking on an article to read about Jokic? And I think the answer for most people in America is no. I have a bad beat story. So how do we take advantage of this? When the money, but, when the money comes in on Miami. Is money going to come in on the eight-seed Miami Heat that clearly— It all Scott, depends on the price. think about this. What was game one of Heat Celtics? Was it nine and a half or ten? Yeah, nine and a half, ten. And there were people betting, like, in the last 30 minutes, betting Celtics minus nine and a half, minus oh, ten. Oh, I'm sorry. Game two was nine and a half, ten. I think game one was—I think you're right, nine, nine and a half. I, I mean— doesn't matter. Call it nine and a half on both games. And they, they not only beat them, like beat the shit out of them. Clobbered them. And no one. It, Wait a minute. Like how? They were up 10. The Celtics were in both, in the second half in both games. What was the final score in game two? No, I'm not saying that they played well or that they deserved a win, but uh, it made sense. The market made sense up until about the third quarter in game one. And until there was like five minutes to go in the fourth quarter, no one would have made any adjustments. So now but we, then, we can say in hindsight they clobbered him, but that's not really Okay, but now we're, we, we're in the we're in this McKenzie's, special... McKenzie's right. He those, is. Those, those, the, the, the problem was the the bad end game for Boston. But we're also games. now in a position to know this is what Boston does over four quarters. Yep. And like if a team keeps building a lead and shitting it away, like that's who you are. If you're a baseball team who gets to the seventh inning with great starting pitching and then you hand it off to some reliever and you keep losing games in the seventh, eighth, ninth... That's what your team is. This is what the Celtics are. Like, this isn't just happening in the Heat series. This has happened throughout the playoffs, and the Celtics have survived it. I don't think they survive it this time, but at some point, you know, it's you also, interesting. You also have to think the Heat over four quarters are not 10 points freaking worse than the Celtics anymore. Scott, do you think the Celtics survive? Do I think they, they come back from 3 0 and, and they win yeah. the next three games? Yes. No. Which game can they lose? Game six in Miami. I, I agree with you. I think Miami wins game six. But you know what? I see no. I see no path to Miami winning game seven. Zero. If it goes three three, yeah. But you saw no path to Miami winning a game in this. Series. I saw no path to them winning. No, that's not fair. But I, I, I said there was no way they're going to win game two. But there's no way if they're up three zero and it goes three three, they will get smashed in game seven. But but I don't see them winning game six. I, I disagree. I, I think they could win a game seven. Would it be interesting? I, uh, you know, what what what's the line going to be? Game seven, if there's a game seven, it'll be probably Celtics eight. Yeah, I agree with that. But I, I, I'm not counting. What's Jimmy the line Carter in out. game six? That's what I want to know. I would say Boston minus one would be my line. McKenzie, I think Boston minus one's a good number. It's halfway between the game three and game four line, essentially. I think that's probably right. But even after Boston wins two straight games, and now 
like now you have to factor in like pressure on Miami and and the Celtics play with playing with like, a little momentum. What's your trust so level? It'll probably, right? it'll probably be Celtics minus two, two and a half. Mac could get there. What's your trust level right now in Jason Tatum? One to ten. Um. Like a nine. He scored like 30 in three of the last four games. Like okay. He had one dud in game three, but uh, and, he's not the problem in the series. And Jason Tatum, you would have said, coming into the, coming into the playoffs was a nine, right? Yeah. What's your trust level in Jalen Brown now? Um, Three. He seems to – he. I never thought it was a one-two punch. It was a 1A and then a Scottie Pippen. But he scored 17. You know, don't you think last career. year in the playoffs, Jalen Brown was maybe even the better player? No, not even close. I, in okay. the finals Brown. especially – Everyone talked about how Jalen Brown's more efficient. That's because he wasn't shooting. He wasn't creating his own shot. He was standing there in the corner like LeBron James saying, hey, maybe if nothing works out for everybody else, I'll get an open three, where Jason Tatum was creating. That's the difficult part of the playoffs. Ask Jimmy Butler. That's what he does. He finds an answer every possession. I believe I believe he's injured. I believe strongly that, that, that Jalen Brown's injured. We'll come out with talking about how he's played through a, a key injury, and, and here's why. I saw one play that, that convinced me of this. So he's shooting two free throws. He misses the first one. The second one, I don't know if you saw this, he almost airballs it short. It just ticks the front of the rim. Misses it horrendously bad. I watch very little NBA, admittedly. I have never seen a guy, a good shooter, miss a second free throw that horrifically ever. Ever. Something is Tired legs. It's not just, not the second free throw. Never. Celtics missed 17 of 18 threes in the second half of game three. Mentally, something was wrong. I'm not sure if it was an injury, though. Well, and game four, I think something – this was kind of the opposite of the other three games where the Heat built up a big lead and then pissed it away in the third quarter. Uh, but then I think the most the most telling stat, like if you say this was the difference in the game, the Celtics made their threes. The, the Celtics made 18 threes. Uh, the Heat made eight. And every – like the, the number of turnovers – for the Heat, wasn't a great. I mean, fifteen turnovers isn't a great number, but it's not like a disaster number. But it felt like every time. Can you look up how many points off turnovers they had in Game Four of the oh, Celtics? Yeah. It what felt was the like final numbers on threes again. Uh, eighteen of forty-five, which was forty percent mm-hmm. for Boston. Eight of thirty-two, so twenty-five percent for Miami. Mm-hmm. But it felt like every time the Heat turned it over, the Celtics converted. Which is, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. So they both went eight for thirty-two, and then Boston went ten for thirteen. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna do. Some It'll damage. win you some games. So It'll instead, win you some it, games. so instead of getting twenty-three points um, on those possessions, oh wait, wait, am I doing that right? Um, yeah, you get twenty-three shots, you're getting thirty. So it's not. I mean, it's not the whole story. Here's the other question I have: Why does Kevin Love still start? Well, it's funny. Fez talked about the last 12 games of the season, like something turned around. I'd say that was Kevin Love playing like that kind of spread them out mentality, playing more like the 2017 Cavs is what got them going. I mean, he doesn't have to be part of that. But uh, playing style wise, I get it. It just feels like they like they play him in the first seven or eight minutes and then you never see him again. Could Tyler Hero be like a a guy everyone hates playing with? Uh, No, I mean, he broke his hand. Well, no, they're good without him. Take your time coming back. No hurry. Yeah, I, I mean, certainly. Well, they're deep. That's yeah. the strength. And, and, and like and, nobody saw Caleb Martin turning exactly. into JJ Redick yeah, all of a sudden, yeah, yeah. Or, or John Paxson, or whatever three point gunner. L- you l- l- throw liter- out literally, there. he looks like the best player on the floor <laughs> when I'm watching during stretches. 
Well, it, it certainly feels like the Heat. I'm sure they'd love to have him back, but then I, I don't know. I said after Game Three, I was like, oh my God, Duncan Robinson. Mm-hmm. Duncan Robinson finally started to earn some of this crazy money they gave him, and then Game Four he looked like yeah. shitty old Duncan Robinson again. So I I don't know. Like it's possible this was just a a one off disaster game for the Heat. It's possible that the Celtics are, and again, I'm not trying to say the Heat are a better team than the Celtics. I don't believe that they are. Like I, I don't think the market is so dumb that like they've got this all backwards and the Celtics should never be favored. I just think that I, I look back at those first two games, and it was it was like a disrespectful number. I, I, it's interesting you say that because I'd make the case worse teams, significantly worse teams, even by only significant, but I'm saying like by three points, they never win game sevens on the road ever. Yeah, this doesn't happen. Would you agree this is a better eight seed than? Of course. Like a typical eight seed. This is a team that's got conference finals experience. They have a guy in Jimmy Butler who we, you know, we talk about how the the market sticks to regular season power ratings. What's Jimmy Butler's like his uh, scoring props in the regular season versus the postseason, Mac? Like 23 and a half versus 28 and a half. Yeah, but he's going under it nightly. I know, but like, it, if would it be going under 23 and a half nightly? No. But 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 I'm saying he's not scoring more per minute. I'm sure he's getting more minutes. But like that's why I'm saying like when when you when you talk about them not wanting to budge off their season mm-hmm. numbers, they do it in some places. He, he yeah. is scoring more per minute. He's scoring like 31 a game. It's like 10 points hot. Last year was five oh. points higher than he ever scored before in the playoffs. 27 versus 22. This year's another five. Oh, points. I stand. It's complete I, I stand corrected because I th- I thought he went like under like four straight games. Well, he, he scored so. 29 tonight. Yeah. So uh, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm, I'm wrong. If he's averaging over 30, I'm just wrong. Yeah. So I, I, it's funny how they'll, they'll adjust in some ways, and then in others, they, they're like, nope, here's, gotta, here's, gotta stick to these 82 games. Here, I, I, I got I got to mention this bet. There was a sports book offered the line, who is going to be higher scoring in this playoff series, Jokic or LeBron James? I don't know if you heard about this. I didn't hear about it. So we bet it like six times. We thought it was the greatest bet ever. Mm-hmm. Jokic, what was the spread they gave out? Pick. What? Wow. We laid 170, 190, 210, and 230. Don't look. Did we win? I don't think you won. Because LeBron averaged 27 a game. Push. Push? Okay. Push. And lucky to push. We were was down, it down it, to like, it goes down it, to the 10th? We, well, we, we, were, we were down, like, we were up 10 going into game four, and LeBron, was, and LeBron was, 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 was up 20 in, the, in, in, in game four. And then Jokic somehow stole, got to, Jokic got to like thirty, and LeBron had forty or whatever. They got within within ten. Yeah, LeBron yeah. had thirty one and a half, and uh, you know, he, yeah, he had a monster performance. So if that if if it goes to overtime, that layup puts it in. You're probably losing. It's unclear because if it goes to Game Five, then we're going to get true. saved in Game Five in Denver. Yeah. Wow. Depends if the Lakers win or lose. That's and if wild. the Lakers lose overtime, Jokic probably gets some points. So it's yeah. like there there were there was paths to but the point is we're laying two hundred. You know, you don't want you don't want to have to have a path yeah, to victory be a when coin you're laying two hundred. Yeah. All right, let's talk about LeBron because Scott mentioned earlier the number one story on ESPN.com is the Lakers hoping that LeBron wants to keep playing. Mm-hmm. And LeBron, his his comments after the game, game four, was like We'll have to see. I, I've got to sit down and think about my future in basketball, which is totally different than what we've heard previous. We've heard, I'm going to play, I want to play with my son. And the assumption is, Bronny James is going to play a year at USC. And 
let's just say he's going to enter his name into the NBA draft, and some team will probably take him higher than he should be taken because they can sell a shitload of tickets if LeBron is going to sign a one-year deal to play with that team. So, But after that game four was the first time – there's a couple firsts because McKenzie mentioned another one during pre-production – this is the first time LeBron's hinted at like being considering being done. And it's the first time LeBron's like even theorized that he's not the best player in the world. But what was his quote, McKenzie? Uh I really wouldn't retire when you think about it. I'm better than 90% of players, maybe even 95% of players, he said, which is yeah, I've never heard him say anything 99.9% or less. Yeah, it's always like you know, I'm going to give LeBron accolades here, and I'm going to throw the rest of the league under the bus, all right? Because at noon, apparently, I guess the game started at 5, LeBron was out by himself shooting, mm-hmm. all right? Shooting. Did you see this report? Mm, yep. And they, they were, like, going over, you know, awards and, 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 and what, what, how they're going to award, the, you know, the, the Western Conference title to Denver and the like and all the logistics of it and practicing. LeBron's just shooting. shooting yeah, like shooting. where the stage is going to go and all that stuff. They were, they were setting everything up. And they're like, this is just fantastic. LeBron's out there five hours before working on his jump shot. He's been struggling from three. And, you know, he's out there shooting. For, I don't know if it was an hour, 44 minutes. I don't know. But you know where I'm going to go here. Where the hell is Giannis practicing free throws? Where is the rest of the league? LeBron's out there by himself. It's like well, Giannis. Giannis didn't Giannis get into it for 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 moving a ladder off the, off the court? Right? Yeah, right after a loss. Right after a loss. I'm, yeah, I'm, he I'm wanted just, to shoot more I'm, in practice. I'm just saying, if it's Scott Seidenberg, he'd be fucking out there eight hours before for four hours shooting. Hmm. Am, am I wrong? Well, if I got paid to be. A- yeah, you know, exactly. Player like that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, I think a lot of it depends on what. You need, and I think I guess LeBron decided that he needed to work on his shot. I mean, there's some guys who think like I'm sure Anthony Davis thinks I need to be in the treatment room. Yeah, like everybody's got different things. And isn't it amazing though? Like you look at the pro golf tour and how when it's an, when all that matters is how you know how, that, that your game is solid across the board. Every one of those guys is pounding balls on the range. They're on the the green after the rounds. It's like nonstop, you know, perfecting their craft. But you know what? It's so unclear and nebulous in terms of this. It just doesn't seem like uh, there's this. And and you're right. If 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 you get hammered on and you're guarding a 300 pound guy that's pounding on you, maybe it's just not physically possible. So or it's just your time's better spent. Yeah. Like, Maybe I guess what you're trying to say is that there's there's uh there's no Kobe's left, you know. I, I, and, I, I, and, I can't you know, stand the bad the bad free throw shooting and and, yeah. and the inability to shoot. Like like I I just can't stand the players that can't shoot. I mean as as a fan I can't be a fan of this. And what I mean you weren't a fan of Shaq. I was a fan of Shaq. He couldn't shoot free throws. Yeah, but I think Shaq. He tried. Shaq exactly. No, he didn't. He really. had a coach, and he was seven yeah. two, and he was clumsy. And yeah, I mean, I mean, not clumsy. He was not. He was very graceful for a seven two guy. But you know what I'm saying. I don't know. I, and he always got smashed so hard under the basket. I mean, I, that, I mean, it's got to be difficult. I think LeBron gets plenty of credit. I, I thought it was unfair after Game Four that Twitter.com was dancing on the grave of LeBron James because I and McKenzie disagrees with me. I, I thought LeBron played really well in game four. I, I thought there was nobody else on the Lakers showed up. It felt like Austin Reeves, who'd been so good in the series, dud game. Anthony Davis, 
stud game. Like there wasn't anybody else who was going to carry that team. And and really in the first half, LeBron carried the Lakers. And I mean, listen, he was on the floor when they pissed it away. So he he deserves some you know some blame for that, no doubt. But the Lakers aren't in that game without LeBron James. Mm-hmm. And to, like people were acting like. And again, I, I think this a lot of this comes down to the. I I don't get into this like trying to compare LeBron to Michael Jordan. I think it's a fool's errand. And even if even if you believe LeBron is on the level of Michael Jordan, like there's there's plenty of arguments that disagree with you. And I was saying you'll never change those people's mind. Like if someone believes Michael Jordan's greater than LeBron, and it's not a conversation. Nothing LeBron can do for the rest of his career will change that. Had he brought them back from 3-0, beat the Nuggets, and gone on to sweep the Celtics, or sweep the Heat is what it would have been, and then people would have said, yeah, he beat an eight seed in the finals. And <laughs> like, there, there's always, and like, there's nothing he could do the rest of the time he plays basketball that will convince those people. And that's fine. I think LeBron has probably himself gotten to the point of not trying to chase that ghost. Because I think he realizes also it's a fool's errand. And, like, who's the best hockey player in the world right now? In the world right now, Connor McDavid. Do you think Connor McDavid wakes up every day thinking, God, I've got to be better than Wayne Gretzky? No. You know well, why? I mean, maybe he's trying. Maybe he wants to be. But, but he, he, he certainly never talks about it. And if yeah. someone brought it up to him in an interview, he'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, I'll never be Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. So it's like. I grew up idolizing him. Sometimes yeah. it feels like a waste of energy. To try and chase these ghosts that are uncatchable, like, and I, I think that that to me that's where LeBron is. And if LeBron, if there weren't people out there still trying to compare LeBron to Michael Jordan, I don't think he would have gotten shit on for that Game Four performance. Like, I don't think there's any way. Yeah, he was great in Game Four. There were plenty of other he Lakers great. to to throw blame at. Yeah, and we've all, I think. I don't know. McKenzie, you, you have Anthony Davis as a, a a more valuable player right now than LeBron, right? In game four, I do. Like, what? I mean, I'm saying, like, to your, your power rating, right? Oh, yeah, by a lot. If it was close entering the series, I thought uh, LeBron played poorly all the way through the series, including game four. The fact that he hit a bunch of shots in the first half was fool's gold. They didn't figure out any vulnerabilities for the Nuggets defense that was repeatable. They didn't have any defensive intensity on the other side. He stood around and said, hey, I've been practicing threes all day. Maybe I'll get 40 in a loss. And now we're talking about how great he is, how committed he is. This is what we do. This is the media. I'm part of it. Uh, I didn't think he was great. No. Okay. Yeah, we, we disagree on that. I, I think there were plenty of games this series where you could look at LeBron and go, man, they needed more out of him. I don't think game four was one of How about of them. a cut? One cut in the second half to get someone moving on offense. Well, and Scott, terrible. Scott asked on Straight Out of Vegas AM this morning – uh, by the way, if you if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe straight out of Vegas AM on wherever you get your podcasts. But Scott said, would you have rather seen LeBron take a three there at the end of the game? I said no, because this whole series I've said it's felt like a, a lazy move when LeBron shoots threes. It's felt like he's settling. And like I want LeBron – if LeBron's going to take the last shot, which by the way – if LeBron hadn't taken the last shot, people would have shit on him for that too. Mm-hmm. So, it, like, had he kicked it out to an open guy, had he found Austin Reeves open in the corner and Austin Reeves missed, 
LeBron was scared to take the final shot. Jordan would never have What if he found Austin Reeves and he wasn't that open and he caught it and he kind of had a three-quarter second and then he shot it? And then would everyone say, oh, he made the right play, he got a clean look, or he got a average shot what, and they uh, well, what about this, make McKinsey? a three about 30% of the time. What if, what if he got it to Austin Reeves and, and Austin Reeves is wide open and he misses it? Then it was the right play. Jordan did that play many of times, but he didn't do the play that LeBron always does, which is wait till there's two seconds on the clock, give it to Grant Hill with no time left, and say, I did everything I could. What can you say? Sometimes people miss. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just I feel like, like LeBron's held to this standard. If there had been no Michael Jordan... The um, and I would be up here crying that Kevin Durant and Larry Bird and Steph Curry are better than this guy. I'd be crying about it every day. It'd be hmm. it'd be just as important to me. Would it Ma- really? Well, no, it would be magic for yes. you. You'd be saying magic. I thought Bird was better than Magic, mm-hmm. and he's white. Get that. Check that out. Man, I can never get there with Larry Bird. Like this completely unathletic. He's a six nine Jokic. Oh, I was about to say. Oh, I know. Oh, I, are you talking about Jokic? You can't. It's very similar. It is very similar, and and it's maybe it's hard for us to think about it now. But put yourself in the position of where people were when Larry when Larry yeah. Bird came into the league, and when Larry Bird was in his prime. Did Larry, he win the three point shooting contest? I think he did once. Yes. So yeah. think about a six nine guy. Really, you're going to guard be able to guard that guy. Well, I mean, wins, who's, who's the best three point shooter in the league? Like, people had to guard Dirk shooting threes, and he's a seven footer. Like, it's a good comp. It's, but at least Bird, Bird was just better. He was, was like, yeah. smarter and quicker. He and was a better like, player. And yet, something like what you said, smarter, is something that I like. I never really gave much credence to because I'm thinking it's it's a game of athleticism, and this is like the least likely superstar is Larry Bird until now. And like maybe a late late career Larry Bird, like with a broken back and like limping down the court, is less likely than Jokic. But it's a, like I never really thought of that comp until just now when you guys, you know, it's funny pointed it out. To I, me. I brought I brought I brought up the topic yesterday on Sovam about uh, McKenzie. I watched the new White Men Can't Jump, and it? um, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I just again I. I'll reiterate what I said. There's no reason. There was no reason to make this movie when the original still stands up. But they did reference same thing with the Little Mermaid. They right? did. They did reference one thing <laughs> in this new remake, which was taking a shot at the only thing that's really outdated about the old movie, and that's the racial bias, right? And there's a scene where uh, Jack Harlow, who's you know basically the Billy Hoyle type character, right? He's the white guy. They go into the gym, and his partner's like, "Hey, we're gonna hustle these guys. They're not gonna expect you to be good or whatever. Like, we're gonna take their money." And they go into the gym, and there's like a bunch of like white guys like dunking and playing good basketball. And he goes, "All right, this isn't gonna work. There's too many white ballers here." And Jack Harlow's like, "Dude, he's like, that racial stereotype's over. Like, everyone knows white guys can ball now too." Like that's and they were taking a shot at the old white men can't jump. Yeah. But translating that into what's going on now in the NBA, like like yeah, like it didn't make sense for Larry Bird. Like you can't picture it to be like people can't picture like Jokic. Yeah, that you can. Jokic can be a great player in the NBA. Like the, the, it's not the same as where you know Larry Bird had like the racial uh, you know, discrimin. I don't want to call it discrimination, but you didn't think that he could play like he played. But the I difference want- is, it's not that he's white. It's that. He's awkward and like un- he's slow. It, like it's. But now we've seen guys like Dirk. Now we've seen you know. But Dirk, Jokic like, and do, do you, Mackenzie, do you agree? Dirk, like Dirk and Jokic aren't like they're not comparable players. Like 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 Dirk was a smooth like it 
it felt like Dirk was supposed to be good at basketball. Jokic doesn't. I'm not saying Jokic isn't. He's freaking great. It doesn't feel like he's supposed to be great at basketball. I, I, I want to bring this back, and my bias is always towards making money betting, and the, and the rest of it's all very interesting and good. But like we've been talking about for 40 minutes, so let me use a quote on "White Man Can't Jump," which I think is very illustrative. Where it's the says, new one, the old one. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, where where one. he's like screaming, the actor screaming at the other guy, and and he's like, "You'd rather look good and lose." Then look bad and win. All right. So let me let me I'm going to bring it back to betting. This no nothing could be said truer in terms of my number one thing that I've noticed. And I'll use my friend Pastrami as an example. Pastrami just cusses me out. We have some shared accounts that we work with. They win. All right. There are nights he's like, "What the f are you doing?" And he will literally ream me out over multiple bets that I've made. This is on, like, like there's nights we won $10,000 together, right? And he's like, what are you doing? What is this? Um, like, tonight, and I reamed him out because he bet the Detroit Tigers, and he bet the Tigers, they, got, they had a big pitching edge, and he bet them for the game instead of the first five. They, but both of them lost. Didn't you bet the A's today? So... I did not bet the A's. Oh, okay. I was just aware. I just, I, okay. I, 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 I should say I have a zillion dollars against I was gonna the A's. Say, did, can, the, did the A's lose again? I, I don't. lost. I, Thank I, you. I was going to say, can you get mad at someone for betting the Tigers when you bet the A's in the same day? Well, the Tigers were a big favorite. Okay. okay? And, and my point was, I was like, I, I, I said, you know what? If they had a big, huge pitching edge against Kansas City, it was far worse. All right. I'm fine with betting Detroit minus 140 for the first five innings, but you cannot bet Detroit like for the game because I'm like, in inning six, seven, eight, nine, the line is like should be pick them. You know, you're yeah. you're, you're 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 good pitchers out. You're the better team, but you stink and you're on the road. So probably it should be pick them the last four innings. But it does irrelevant. The point is the number one reason. If there's people listening to this pod and they're like, I want to win, but I'm un- I'm un- unable to win. I'm always so unlucky and I can't get the I can't get the games right. I'm just so unlucky. You, what, the number one, if you really want to win, I, it's like the A team. You know, hey, they're hard to find. All right, find a guy like Pastrami. Find a guy like me that's like not going to like give you the golf clap and say everything's hunky dory and huggy kissy. You it's never a, make me feel good about bets. Exactly tonight. because I care about winning. That's all <laughs> I care about. No one's happy. No one wants to, to possibly have me review their bets because they they'd be scared to death. But that'll start screaming at them like, "What are you doing?" You know. And sometimes it's 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 a challenge. Like when you're as a service and you want to give out plays and it's like and you and now you're giving up a point and you're giving up a point and a half or you're doing playing something that's a little marginal and it's very difficult but the number one piece of advice I can get I can give everyone find a really really good pro better and literally I, t- I tell all I tell all my buddies that are like you know winning but marginal players I'm like text 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 and when am I at they're about to bet two thousand dollars on something it's not time urgent it's not like it's going to move in the next eight seconds how about asking me is this a good is this a good bet and a lot of times I don't know okay is this a good bet <laughs> Jokic minus one seventy for Finals MVP. Yes, because it's a it is a phenomenal proxy for Denver. And if it goes six or seven games, you're going to get into law of large numbers. Now, the you know what? Let me back up. There is the concern that the point guard could just go crazy. Jamal Murray. It's possible. So maybe let me back up a little bit before I before I just Jamal Murray twelve to one. How about I play them both? No, because I think that Jamal Murray twelve to one is god awful bad light like, like stinks to high ever heaven. I, I like like because they got to win. Mm-hmm. You know, like like if Denver wins, doesn't it feel like Jokic is going to win? It's a lock because like, like he didn't 90, win the 90, he didn't win the regular season MVP. If the Nuggets win the NBA point. Finals, he's winning the MVP. So he's already been dissed. He's already yes. been and 
it's a little bit of a lifetime or a playoff achievement and a lifetime achievement award. He's all having the greatest equal. postseason in NBA history, arguably. It's like Mahomes he, when Mahomes when the running back should have won, but like you're like, ah, you know, we got to give it to Mahomes, right, For, to be Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, and MVP, Denver, similar. And Denver right now is minus two ten to win the finals. You can get minus one seventy for Jokic to be the MVP. See, that's the problem. I'd much rather wait till they're like. I'd much rather that we wait and hope for a bigger disparity between minus 210 and minus 170. That's not a big difference. I'd like there to be a bigger difference. Uh, it, so right now, the Celtics, to wrap up our NBA, Celtics are plus 230, Heat minus 280 to win the series. Mac, what's that imply? How often are the Celtics going to win the series? About 30% of the time, they're going to be the 2004 Red Sox. Okay. Um, so if we take 0.72 times 0.52 times 0.75, I'm going to do that right now. I don't appreciate that reference, McKenzie. From now on, just say that they'll be the who 2000. Who did they play? I never remember who they for, played. Just, it was just, like the just, Pirates? No, say, or... that, say they'll be the, uh, I don't know, what is it, the two, 2012 LA Kings. Let's use that as the reference. No, okay? one, no one would understand that reference. <laughs> they came back from 3-0 down. I know, but no In one watched sport? that. In what country? <laughs> they, have, they have a 28% chance, the Celtics do, of winning the title. That's 0.72. Times no. 0.52 times 0.75. Would you disagree with any one of those three? Yes, I disagree. With, like, so the Celtics have a 30% chance to win this series. 28%. Yeah, but, that's around there, yeah. Which one of these numbers do you do? do? No, I, what I'm saying is, so if they've, if they've got a 28% chance to win this series... Yes. What percent chance did you say of them winning the title? Oh, I thought you were talking about the series. Yeah. I'm just the talking. 30% I'm, was I'm, the series. The the is the their chance of advancing to the finals. Divide I thought you said twenty eight percent was their chance to win the title. I of thought you meant not. win the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay. Divide that by two because they're going to be pick them. We think in the finals, so fourteen percent. By the way, this is the this is my pet peeve about the the media. The, the, I, I absolutely can't stand this when they like what like like the, what we're talking about right now. Do you think the Celtics can win the series? Yes or no, and they debate back and forth, and it's like the answer is again 0.72 times 0.52 times 0.75. Now, if you want to, let's have a discussion. Yeah, that 0.52 is crazy. They shouldn't be favored in Miami. That should be a 0.48. They should be a slight underdog. Now we have a great conversation. We can tweak the number. This whole they can do it, they can't do it. It's just total garbage. I can't watch it. I'm like, I'm like, I've become an old guy. Get off the lawn. I can't do it. Okay, so do this math right now because. You see up on the screen the current. Can you make that a little bit bigger, Mac? The uh, that one, the current odds to win the NBA title have the Nuggets as minus two ten, Heat plus three ninety, Celtics plus four seventy. So forget cockroaches. The, for, 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 forget the, the the Eastern. So on the West, what's the problem? So so what's Denver well, going to be against Boston, and what will they be against Miami? That's what my question is. Yeah. The only reason this is priced this way is because Denver is already in the finals. Once we have a matchup, that minus 210 is not going to be there. Well, that's what I'm, I'm going like, to say. Minus 270 if it's Miami and minus 140 if it's Boston. So they have a 75% chance to beat Miami. I'll disagree, McKenzie. I, uh, Boston's going to have home court advantage, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think Boston's going to yeah. be favored in the NBA. I think finals. it'll be close to a pick. Yeah, yeah you're actually no, right. No, Boston's coming from. Make, make, make it a pick. I was thinking Nuggets had home court. And advantage. plus the narrative of Boston coming back from a 3 0 deficit and winning this series. Boston's going to be favored in the NBA Finals over Denver. The Nuggets have had no; they've had a, the most stress-free playoffs you can have. Rest, Boston rest versus ir, rust. Ir, 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 irrelevant. We've already seen everyone anchored to the to, to the previous true. numbers, and Boston was a clear-cut favorite at two to one. So Boston, I, I'm going to only give Denver like a point four, yeah, on the because they because they've got to play Game Seven on the road. So make it point four five. So that would imply point. I come up with point six six is the Denver chance of winning. So if we can get less than minus two hundred, I think it's a fine wager. Okay, 
Uh, but that's how the sausage is made. And what's your what what are you, what's your take on if they play the Heat? What's that number go to? Then they're seventy five percent. Yeah. Okay. All right. And that's the back of the envelope. I didn't think enough about it. It's probably wrong. Probably should be .73 or .77. I don't know. But it's close. Right. All right. So there you go. There's our uh, NBA talk for the week. Let's move on to the National Football League. And McKenzie did some cool work, I think. And Fez has done his work. Right, Fez? Um. Yes, but my work largely consists of... Um, taking the work that others have done and, and summarizing it into one big spreadsheet. Okay. Yes. I want to, so Mac, explain how you came up with these Vegas power rankings for the NFL. Well, there's a thing called uh, NFL Verse, which does um, just a lot of different data nerds come together and have this kind of free, it's on GitHub, uh, information. And one thing they released was the NFL schedule with all 17 games for all teams. And they have either a real spread, if it's out there, or a projected spread based on the other spreads for every game for all 17 teams. So we're very close to a power rating. Just took the average line, adjusted for home court field advantage, AFC teams get nine home games, NFC teams get eight, and I have the adjusted Vegas power ratings with the NFL verse data. Okay, so what I wanted to do was take these power ratings that McKenzie compiled and comp them to yours, Fez, and see like if there's teams that you have high or they have high. Like I, I want to see where they're, where the discrepancies are and see if we can find some value here. I have, um, se- I have several. I, I, can, I can bring up where I, dif- I differentiate considerably. Okay, so the top five – for the NFL verse is KC, Philly, Cincy, San Francisco, Buffalo. I already know you have one major disagreement in there. No, I don't. They're, it's fine. It's fine. They're they're all close. San Francisco's there. fine. It's fine. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's fine. That's different. That's different than what I've, I've heard I've got, out of you. I've got San Fran fifth, and McKenzie has them fourth. Who cares? So within within point two decimal points, we're in the same same spot. same top three. Uh, I have since he's second, but I'm on the, I'm, I'm, I recognize I'm on the island and I'm from Southern Ohio. So, okay. I probably have since he too high six through 10 Dallas, Baltimore, Jacksonville, Jets, Lions. Um, I don't have any major differences in those as well. And my, most of my differences are in the middle towards the bottom. Okay. So let's go 11 through 16 here. This one surprises me. The chargers being the seventh highest rated team in the AFC surprises me. They're number 11, Miami, New Orleans, Seattle, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. I actually have the Chargers the seventh best team because Herbert's just like such a god, you know. Seventh best team in the NFL. Yes. Not in the AFC. Yes. But so but, there's a there's a gap between what you there, think and what Yeah, I've got the Chargers two and a half points better. I think the big difference I think if you look at the at the spreads the Chargers get screwed because they have no home field advantage. That's a good point. So they, they, everyone's like, oh, they, they, you know, if I value them based upon the spreads for the year, the team doesn't look that good. Well, yeah, because they play in a neutral site for half their games. Well, and one of the things that like this takes into account is the, the point spreads in Jacksonville because they play in a division where they're going to be pretty heavily favored over every division opponent. Like, like no other, you know, There's not many other teams who can say that. Like the Chargers certainly can't say that. So it doesn't mean that the Chargers aren't as good as Jacksonville. It just means that Jacksonville is going to be favored in more games. So uh, any other major discrepancies in that that third group? Yes, the Saints. Uh, the Saints, uh, McKenzie has rated 13th. I, and I should say, when I say McKenzie, he's like just amalgam- amalgamating all this information. So it's not really his numbers. Uh, I have the Saints 19th. I 
don't, I think it is a beyond a leap of faith to say the Saints are an above average team. I, I can't I can't see that at all. Okay. Well, that that you make a, uh, an interesting point at this time because the rest of these teams are rated below average. So Pittsburgh's the last team that's rated as an above average team, although very very slightly. I have Pittsburgh sixteenth. So we we agree completely on Pittsburgh. We could not agree more on Pittsburgh. How about it? Do you and I know you're down on Minnesota. I know you were down on Minnesota last year. Are you down to the point you think they're a below average team? Nope, I got them 14th. They got Justin Jefferson. Yeah, but Dalvin Cook's probably gone. So I mean, Dalvin Cook kind of stunk last year. So running backs don't running backs don't matter. He's a receiver. Still, okay, Dalvin right. Cook is a very you're, very good yes. running back and. And Thielen's going to fall. And is, Alex, is Alexander, Alexander Madison a, uh, you know, no, and, and he, a running back that could be the number one and be in every down back? I, I don't know. Are we but, sure Dalvin Cook's not there next year? The rumors are they are work. They, I don't, I don't know. If, 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 and if, Adam Thielen plays for the Panthers. Now. If they, yeah, that's, he's, that's, certain, he's good, falling good, off good, for the Vikings. That's good. That's a good move. Uh, you can tell I've been doing extensive NFL work. Well, Adam Thielen doesn't move the needle one cent because no. he's, he's, he's washed. Um, but but Dalvin Cook would actually lower the Vikings to a seventeen. Okay, so Minnesota, Denver, Atlanta, Green Bay, New York Giants, Atlanta is very interesting. So we have Atlanta at number 19 here. Atlanta is bad. I got Atlanta 23rd, but I got I got them two points worse than an average team. I, I can prove to you in eight seconds that the Atlanta number's wrong. You know what's happening. Uh, there's no strength of schedule adjustment yes, with the, yet with his numbers. I'm just taking average lines. That, so the Saints, Falcons, both very easy schedules comparatively. So so McKenzie's nailing it. So if I look at the whole the, the cupcake division of the NFC South, all these teams are massively overrated. The Saints are a below-average team. Atlanta's a well-below-average team. Carolina, at a minus one-and-a-half. Carolina's much worse than minus one-and-a-half. And, and Tampa Bay, at minus 3.29. Um, if Tampa Bay plays an average team on a neutral, Pittsburgh. Tampa Bay at Pittsburgh. Set the line, guys. Tampa Bay at Pittsburgh? Neutral. 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 Oh, neutral. Uh, Pittsburgh minus five. Yeah, you want to lay three with Pittsburgh? Yes. Oh, God, Yes. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, Tampa's like a. I mean, Tampa's like a minus five team. All right, uh, Bears. New England. Oh, give, go ahead. Bears higher than I thought at twenty two. Carolina, New England, Tennessee Raiders. Any big disagreement there? Yeah, New England's good. New England got screwed. What? With New England. New, New England is right in the middle. New England. New England's not a good or bad. I misspoke. New England is your Joe Q average team. New England and Pittsburgh and Denver. Throw blanket over all three of them. Pick them on neutrals against each other. But New England got effed with the hardest schedule possible, and that's why they're not supposed to win that many games, and they're lined at seven and a half, and they probably are lined correctly. But they're every bit as good as Pittsburgh. Here's my question to you: What's your difference in quarterback rating between Russell Wilson and Mac Jones? It's pretty massive. Um... I mean, well, maybe not, maybe not. I haven't updated Russell Wilson. I don't know where to put him. I, I have Wilson as zero, okay, right now, but I think that's too low. I think that's too low also. I think, I think it probably should be a plus one. Okay. Okay, and Mac Jones is um, a minus two. So, so it's probably three-point difference. So you think quarterback excluded, the Patriots are better than the Broncos? Yes. I disagree firmly on that. Mm. Firmly, like I think from a like a non QB roster, I think the Broncos are way better. We just talked about in the NBA how coaching was so critical. 
Coaching does matter. All right. That is so true. You're, I agree. If I go roster by roster, New England sucks. Yes. All right. Uh, the bottom, these, these are the dredges. Last six, Rams, Commanders. I still, it still takes me a minute to figure that one out. Colts, Bucks, Texans, Cardinals. That's your bottom, that's your bottom feeders there? Yeah, the Rams are worse. Um, the Rams are bad. Who are they worse than? Um, well, that's a good point because India. If I, I have all the well, Washington is better than the Rams. Um, to use an example, like let's look at Week One numbers. Just, just so so Washington is playing what with their hosting Arizona, I think. Yes. And they're laying six. Five and a half. Okay, there's no way the Rams are laying five and a half to anybody. The Rams are. You know, are, are are playing an average team in Seattle and they're catching six points. I think the Rams. Money actually came in on the commander six and a half now. Oh, that's, that's I won't say that then. Let's still bet five and a half at DK. Let's take a draft to Arizona. I was going to say the uh, we get a, we get pursuant, a summer middle. pursuant to that. No, it's late minus two and a half minus one oh five in the opener when I wasn't answering any phone calls <laughs> with people who wanted to. Hey, you want to you want to come on air and talk about this? No, click. <laughs> uh, Rams are catching. Five and a half at Seattle. No hurry. Get, probably get seven in week one. Because the narrative, like 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 a lot of these. Uh, by the way, I'm re- real quickly, and I know I'm jumping a little bit. Um, almost every game I bet, I like the opposite side now. Because the numbers so much. Moved so much. Yes, yeah. I, I I'll run through. I laid two and a half minus one hundred five. I had a one hundred five shot. Okay, Atlanta hosting Carolina. I like that bet. Carolina plus three. Eight, eight. I'm. I, I'm all about division dogs week one. That's historically okay. been very profitable. Um, so I would look towards Carolina. Um, I laid two and a half on Jacksonville at Indy. I'm about to bet Indy plus four. I like that. Um, if I, you know, just going down the road, I play New Orleans minus one and a half against Tennessee. Now it's going to four. I'll take Tennessee plus four, sure. Um, I laid two and a half minus oh five San Francisco. Well, heck yeah, I'm going to take the Steelers. I'm hoping for a three and a half. Um, you see, you see the theme here. Yeah, um, I could go. I could. I could continue. Like Washington, I lay two and a half. The the point is, there's not one bet on the board right now. If you asked me, Fez, what would be your best bet, and what percentage do you think it's got to be totally soft lines right now? You know, it's it's only May. I can't find a 53 percent bet right now. Not a one. Not a one. Would I be willing to lay minus a dollar thirteen on, even though the numbers are, are supposed to be soft? You know why they're not soft? Because because people were betting the hell out of these, like Scott mentioned. Let's go to DK and get Washington mm-hmm. minus six. Well, they, but they were minus two and a half. Why do we, you know? And now we're cutting in line to get the six. Ugh. Yeah. I it, pursuant to the Rams. Like, do you not feel like you like if? And I'm not saying you want to bet on the Rams at all, but don't you feel like the Rams are going to be better early in the season? No, while Stafford's healthy. No, because their entire well, yes, offensively, but their their, their entire defense is gone. Aaron it's, Donald's not gone. Uh, Maybe not in body, but in how motivated is he going to be with the seven new starters that are yeah. next to him? Right. Yeah, it just feels like the 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 Ram, I don't hate the Rams. It's good early point. It's a good po- it's a good point. Because I think Stafford, the Rams are long term losers because I don't think Stafford plays a full season. But I think like the first four or five games when Stafford plays, I think they're they're more competitive than people think, and they still think that they're like a world champion type of team. When well, you know. uh, let's, I mean, Matt Stafford if he's healthy, and the, let's just, I, I think it's unfair for us to assume assume anything other than week one Matt Stafford will be healthy, right? Like that seems like the fair thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe 
he might be in, at, at a point where he's just kind of becoming Joe Flacco on us. Then, then we have to worry about Aaron Rodgers doing the same, right? We do like, have to worry about. Aaron we Rogers. have to worry about every, like if you're 30, then we have to worry about you. No, but if you're but but Stafford feels like he's like you know he's he's like that wrestler that's like taken to like to to, to had, had had that signature move that's too dangerous and now you he's like limping around what what is that the superstar billy graham rest in peace yeah it's like the bad hip you know at age 30 you know and it's never going to get better i get i don't know like matt stafford didn't he doesn't strike me as a guy because he's never been a guy who was like who was injured it's a guy who seemed like he played through everything. Well, he was always injured, but and, he was tough. That's and then the he, problem. Like he got hurt this time and and had to miss some time. Yeah. And now it's like, yep, guy, guy's injury prone. They did the same thing to Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan missed like one game in his whole life, and then he got hurt, missed a few games. They're like, he's just injury prone. He can't stay on the field. It's like what? Mm. Like, I mean, at some point you got to give the guy credit. He's played twelve years in the league and missed a game of football. I, I don't like that he won the Super Bowl, and this goes back to your handicap, which I do like. That how when when the Rams are three and five, you know, it's like his wife survived brain cancer, right? He's gotten over all these injuries. He's a world champion. Isn't it time to just go ahead and and make him? What was he? he makes well, that was good, last year. That, makes, and that was last year. And that's that been was, the rest of his career. And what? that was my handicap last year on why Stafford under passing yards was the best bet. It was because he had played through injury. They had won the Super Bowl, and then this year he wasn't going to play through injury. Well, now that he is healthy, I think now there's a chance for him to kind of have a, a little bit of a resurgence here, a second act, if you will, of this time here in L.A. Cooper Cup's still there. He's got a, a new receiving core outside of Cooper Cup that maybe he's excited about. And I think he'll start the season motivated, but we'll see how it goes yeah. after so a we'll couple take, of weeks. So we'll take a shot with him when we get plus seven against Seattle. Pizza, pizza. <laughs> pizza, yeah. pizza. I, I would like plus seven. I, I don't know that we'll get that. But like that, that's a great question. What's what's the best we get on that game? Everyone loves Seattle and they hate the Rams. I, I think six, six and a half. It, it won't touch seven. I don't believe. Will you give me five to one? That'll that no. I'll, that'll get a, that'll get a plus seven minus one. No, because then I'll have to. I'll be betting Rams plus seven, and I get. I, I'd rather use my money on that. Yeah. There's already sixes out there. McKenzie's showing me the full board. Yeah, it won't shock me. It, 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 it feels like this is one of those where it'll go six and a half, but that the seven will be a bridge too far. But then, you know, the little treasure island, <laughs> you know, the, the night of the, the opening game, Saturday night before the season starts, all of a sudden, oh, we're going to get killed if Seattle. Look at all this liability we have in the teaser also. We got to go to seven. The idea that you have to lay six and a half with Washington week one is almost absurd to me. And it's only Do you mad. know who's going to be playing quarterback for Washington week 1? Sam Howell. Have you seen Sam Howell play football? No. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's like what what did the what the game open at, Mac? Uh minus 2 and a half commanders was widely available. So, and now it's minus 6 and a half? Yes, at some spots. So no, people, no, Mackenzie's correct. It was widely available for 13 seconds because I was betting. <laughs> I was betting at the book that opened that minus two and a half, and I can tell you, no one, even with my old fat thumbs and people like, ah, oh, Fez is a dinosaur. You know, he's like, he's getting old. Well, I did pretty damn good with the uh, with, with the, with the week one bet, and I, I will send you a screenshot of of my bets I have. So I you know I'm you. not cherry picking, and I'll send you like the nine pendings across the board. But think about it. There were people after you got your nice tasty bite of that apple. There were still people when it was three running to bet on the commanders. Yes, 
goes through three. Now it's three and a half, four. People and are my still si- running. And I tried to, but the, my site said, you've already bet this, sir. <laughs> I didn't bet <laughs> but, it at four. But exactly. And now it's up to six, and people are still betting it at six, up to six and this and is my pe- this is I, With Sam Howell, who no one has seen play football, and they're like, yeah. That's that's six and a half points. This Seems, is my sounds pet right. peeve. I don't understand why people don't, and and really, it just comes down that they don't understand the math. That like you know, you got to do your work anyways. So you know, this isn't like a final exam where you just take the exam and everyone gets the the, the same answers. Uh, the questions get harder and harder and harder. So you may as well study and take the exam on when when you first can take it versus a week later because you know what. As they said in the movie Stand and Deliver, you know, is it going to be the same exam? It's like, no, it's you're going it's going to be harder now. New like, ownership in Washington too. Maybe that changes some things. Yeah. Or is that a distraction? Uh maybe the distraction's over. I, I don't know. Can't they change the name? I hate that name. Who's the uh who's the starting quarterback? The Washington Hogs. Day 1. Right? For I don't hate it. Arizona. Uh, Colt McCoy or Jeff Driscoll, who the well, Cardinals signed to a one-year deal. Colt Why not Clayton Toon? Clayton Toon's available. Colt, Colt McCoy is like a like a two and one record as the backup quarterback with the uh, okay with Arizona. But if I said blind taste test, would you lay six and a half points with the Sam Howell team versus the Colt McCoy team? No, no freaking way. No way. Like, That's why I want to take seven. Yeah, the other way. Yeah, and I wouldn't mind two. And, but even I don't know that I'd lay two and a half with the Sam Howell team. Sure I, you I, would. The the Commanders roster is Hand so the much ball better. Off. Yeah, yeah. There's some wild numbers, some wild line moves. This is fun seeing like the way the lines have already moved, and it's freaking May. What's uh what what's week one? What what uh, September eleventh? Yeah, it's late. Man, like like it's gonna it's September gonna move 10th. more. There was, you know, what's interesting is like you look at the Jets Buffalo game, mm-hmm. for instance. All right, and I took pick, I laid pick, and I took three with the Jets. I gave my clients plus three. Scott believes Jets minus ten. The line, yeah, of Does. course it should be minus <laughs> ten. So, so right now Buffalo's like minus one. Like I am like as confident as confident can be that Buffalo money has to come on the Bills. That that number, I don't care how much gets hyped. They're still the sorry Scott. They're still the Jets. Sure, they're playing Buffalo. What dummy is going to— And did you hear Aaron Rodgers as a calf strain? He's already injured. <laughs> I mean, everyone is going to bet on Buffalo, and now when it gets to two and we can start teasing the Jets up to eight, we can have a conversation. But, like, if I mean, if, if there was, like, one line move that I'd predict, it's like if you told me the Jets are going to go off as the favorite, I'd be like, you are on crack. There is no way. And if, But if you told me, you know, that line goes all the way up to three, I'd be like, I'd be surprised, but I could see it. I could see catching the Jets three, yeah. especially if Rodgers has a bad, you know, you know, preseason, doesn't play much, gets a little tweak on his calf again. Sure. Although I remember thinking going into the first Bills Jets game last year, which I, I think it was at the Jets, and in twenty one, the Bills had like humiliated the Jets both games, like embarrassed them, mm-hmm. and I was like, boy. The Bills are going to spank the Jets. They just have this team's number, and Jets beat them. Um, well, that's yeah. different. That's after, the actual result. That's, after a big, big, that, that's uh, a big 150-yard passing performance from Zach Wilson in that that game. Yeah, it, it was just like a nightmarish game for the Bills. And that was like – I remember that being the game where I was like, I don't think Buffalo can win the Super Bowl. 
I, 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 and at the time, I think it was their second loss because they lost to the Dolphins early. So they would have been like five and one or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember going, man, they lost to the freaking Jets. I don't, I don't think they can win the Super Bowl. And that was a disheartening feeling because I went into the season pretty certain that they could. Uh, and that was a, a tipping point for you, me. You know what's disheartening? Is I'm, I'm surfing around Twitter. I'm not giving away any secrets. So there's a lot of guys, similar to their polls, um, their mock drafts, they're giving out their power ratings. So Kevin Cole has his power ratings. Some other people are already putting up their aggregate power ratings adjusted for strength of schedule, similar to what we've done. It's going to make it really hard to win when everyone is using this information. It's already you know publicly available in terms of to the nearest, you know, one one-hundredth of a decimal point, how good all these teams are to find a game that's aligned wrong by two points on the week of the game. And I got to tell you, one of my strategies, we talk about winning, I'm going to be playing a whole lot more, like, the, the the week before the football season starts, giving out games of the year, giving out week two. Certainly, if it's week six, I'm going to spend a whole lot of time handicapping week seven because – it's getting really, really difficult, and there's a lot of groups out there, sharp groups, that literally are going to planning on giving out their plays Monday morning, eight thirty a.m. So if there's any if there's any low lying fruit, it's going to be gone by the time you wake up on Monday morning. Yeah, and I, I listen. I I noticed this uh, this week when I was putting together a college football win total package. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's moved to where it's like, eh, it's, it's just not bettable anymore. Um, and I ended up like the the game the, the teams that I found that I really felt firm on were the teams that the market hasn't moved on yet, uh, like Michigan for example. Uh, you know what? I'll give my best bet for this pod on Michigan over ten and a half wins. Ten and a half, really? Yep. And the, a lot of it is they're going to run the table and lose to the Buckeyes. They return their entire court. Well, they beat the Buckeyes two years in a row. All the more reason they're going to run the table and lose. Maybe to the Buckeyes. so. But they just, they, they just hired Joe Philbin. They're returning their core, making a run for a third straight Big Ten. Oh, no, title. Ohio State did. I'm sorry. Uh, their non-conference schedule has zero threat at all, and it's ba- th- this is essentially a bet that the Wolverines can split Penn State and Ohio State, and they get the Buckeyes at home. Like if they win one of those two games, they win eleven games. Mm. Like they had the. In, I mean, obviously, if they lose both what's, of those, what's games, their hardest non-conference game? Uh, I, I mean, it's like a, a MAC team. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a. a there's them. They there's, don't have a hard run. They're home against East Carolina. They're home against UNLV, and they're home against Bowling Green. <laughs> it's free squares, mm-hmm. and there's nobody, there's nobody else in the Big Ten besides Penn State and Ohio State that can even. That will be even within a touchdown. Of now, it. now, maybe there's a, a potential for a trap game at Maryland, which is sandwiched in between the road game at Penn State and the Ohio State game. I think Maryland stinks. I, I, I don't think Maryland's that good. But Michigan, I believe, will be favored in every game this season. So if you say over 10.5, you're, you're expected to win every single wait, game. Wait, wait, wait. Where, where's the Buckeye game? Michigan. That's interesting. I would I but it doesn't matter. They could be 11 and 0 I'm at thinking, that point. I'm thinking and about you already won your bet. I'm thinking about making a bet. I'm I'm thinking about saying the Buckeyes are going to be favored because they're always favored. I'll bet you that. Okay. I'll, I'll bet you Ohio State's favored in that game. Uh, That's a bet. All right. They yeah. won't win necessarily, but I'll bet you that they're favored. I mean, yeah. remember the Buckeyes breaking in a new quarterback. 
Don't care. This is the same Michigan team that's been to the playoff two years in a row. When was the last time Michigan was favored against Ohio State? It's been a while. Okay. I'm just going on historical comp. But again, the last two seasons, Buckeyes have been favored and and gotten not just lost, like gotten smacked around. Great. I'll still win. I think there's an adjustment. I'll still win our bet. You might. Yeah, I, I do think at some point there's an adjustment to say, mm-hmm. okay, this this team is is different than prior Michigan teams. Sure, looks a lot like the Miami of Ohio, <laughs> um, where the the market's going to stay anchored to Ohio State's a contender and Michigan. You know what? They can make the Final Four. They still stink. They're still. I don't a know. Like, I'll be honest. If we were talking the about Miami of Ohio, it's pretty clever. If if we were talking about <laughs> per, if we were talking about Purdue or you know uh, Maryland, I'd agree with you. But I think Michigan has the kind of brand name and the kind of like weight with their with their their program that it's not hard to believe that Michigan's back. It's not hard to believe that Michigan's in the playoff every year. Like they're supposed to be. That's you know what, what Michigan football's supposed to be. I, I think the betters disagree. They you put the you put those like those plump Midwestern boys up against like the SEC, and we're going to lay seven and a half every single time in the playoffs. We don't we don't care that they're ranked two. You know that that's a phony too. Listen, when you're talking about the like playing against Alabama or Georgia, yeah. I'm not disagreeing with mm-hmm. you. But Michigan and Ohio State, and really kind of Penn State to a degree, I don't think of as th- those as plump country boys. Like th- those are those are national recruited teams that like they're not like if Michigan doesn't get the best player in Michigan, it's not like they're going. Oh no, because they're getting kids from California and Texas. You, you, you know, and it's interesting because I agree with you 100 percent that Ohio State belongs on its own island and they, and they're worthy. I, I got to tell you, I, I I throw Penn State, Michigan, Iowa, Nebraska, you know, Minnesota, I, all those teams. None of those other teams have been to back to back playoffs. Not, none of those none, none of those teams interest me in Notre Dame. None of these teams interest me in the slightest to pick to play in any playoff game or in any major bowl game against an SEC type type caliber team. I get it. Now I get it that Iowa can beat Auburn. All right, when they play in the, in the, a, in in the, in the disappointment bowl. Yeah. Yes, that's different. But when it when it's for all the marbles and both teams are ultra motivated, the SEC teams kicks the Big Ten Ten's team in the teeth unless they have Buckeyes on their helmets. All right. Well, it, the beauty of this bet is. I don't need them to beat an SEC team. Mm-hmm. I, I just need them to get there to get their ass kicked by the SEC teams, <laughs> which is generally how I bet when that time comes anyway. Yes. Uh, but Michigan is in the top 20 nationally in returning uh, re- returning players. Um, so things things line up well for them to keep their little run going. So, My, uh, I, I have a question for you. On, 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 excellent. On college football, it would seem to me with the transfer portal that the, 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 the halves are going to get better – and the has-beens or, or, or the not-so-haves are going to get worse because every good player that plays for Rice or for Tulane or for maybe that's a bad example, but you you, you get where I'm going or North Carolina, um, it's going to want to suddenly transfer to a, a better program. Yeah, like th- this is so basically if you are at a and this is we should, we see this a lot in college basketball if you're at a middling Power Five school. Mm-hmm. And you have a great season, you transfer to a top tier school. Yeah, if I'm if I'm like the star wide receiver for Toledo, I'm out of there, right? I'm on, J- I'm going to head to Michigan. Jameer Jameer Gibbs is a great example of this. Mm. Jameer Gibbs was great at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech was terrible, mm-hmm. so he was like, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm going to Alabama. 
Mm-hmm. That's how I'm going to get to the NFL. I don't know if Jameer Gibbs would be a first. In fact, I would bet money he wouldn't be a first round pick had he played at Georgia Tech nope, last season. Nope. Probably wouldn't have caught a lot of passes. So, like now that those teams, those mid to bad Power Five teams, have a gap that's got to be filled. So what do they do? They find the best, uh, you know, group of five teams <laughs> and scout their best players, and then. <laughs> The, the the best group of five teams find the best teams from like Akron and 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 those play and get their best players, and now Akron's left like going oh crap, and that's where you see teams like Colorado State, New Mexico, UMass. That's why it's so hard for them to get good at football mm. because God forbid you get a good player, he's not staying. There's no way he's staying. And in basketball, it's even worse. And the guys who was it Wyoming lost everybody? Oh, in college basketball, yes. Wyoming lost everybody, and their head coach is like Jeff Linder, who I think is a good X's and O's coach, is an idiot when it comes to the, how the transfer portal works. Mm. Because he was like, "Man, I lost all these guys. I'm just going to recruit the hell out of things and and you know <coughs> bring in the, this new crop. They're all going to leave. The good ones are all going to leave again." That's exactly what's happened. Mm-mm. And he didn't bring in any transfer. He didn't steal from the teams that are poorer than him. That's, that is the new way in college sports, is if you're the haves, you take from the have-nots. Go up to Montana and take their best player. If you're from the have-nots, you have to replenish that talent with the really, really have-nots Makes best sense. guys. Yeah. And if you're the really, really have-nots, it's, it's hard to ever get over a hump. How do you really feel is. about this whole free market? You don't you don't like it, right? I don't I don't care. I I think yeah. it's it, it's good for the players. Like honestly, shouldn't it be I, good for the better. Shouldn't it be good for the, the no. someone who's really doing their homework? That uh, because well, it Wall is Street, in a way because Wall Street volatility is profitability. So if everybody is it, it, like, if you have all these starters returning for Vanderbilt, for instance, well then we'll know how good they're going to be. You know, yeah. coming forward, and it's going to be too easy to make a power rating. But now we get teams. Like like the Wyoming's of the world, they could d- just can have a crazy dip, you know, downward. Yeah, yeah it, it's. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think there is. If you follow the transfer portal and things like that, I think there is some money to be made. I, but I also think if you if you follow recruiting, which I don't, like I I do, I, I'm committed mm. to following the transfer portal. I don't really follow recruiting, like unless you're like a, a top twenty player in the country. It doesn't move the needle to me, and it's too hard because you're relying upon other people's ratings. I mean, exactly. automatically, a guy goes to Georgia. And now we got to make him a four or five star. Exactly. So, uh, it's but also the transfers typically have a more immediate impact. Like Jameer Gibbs had an impact at Alabama that no freshman running back that Alabama could have mm-hmm. gotten off the streets would have, and that's why I think these teams are smart. And I forget who the basketball coach was that said this. But said he's going to keep building his team through the transfer portal mm. because he'd rather have like a, give me a team full of juniors and seniors over a team full of freshmen, you know, McDonald's mm. All Americans any day. Like there, those two years of experience that these kids have is invaluable. Like compared to trying to teach a McDonald's All American how to play at the college level. Like it's how do just they have a work. monopoly on this? How come there isn't a Popeyes All American? How come it's always McDonald's? They pay good money. Popeyes doesn't have McDonald's money. Are you crazy? <laughs> Popeyes quality is. There's not in now. They have Popeyes in in New York. Yeah. Mac, they have Popeyes in Chicago. Oh yeah. 
I challenge you guys one day to go have Popeyes. I did like in two Louisiana. Weeks ago. Oh, I was like, have it in general. I had it two weeks ago. Popeyes here isn't. The I'm same. never gonna have it again. It's not good. Yeah, it's not. But Louisiana Popeyes is a different level of quality fried chicken. It tastes like someone's grandma made it. It's awesome. And then you get to like you cross the border into Texas, it, like Houston's an hour and a half drive from Louisiana. I swear, Popeyes. It's. I think it's quality of employee at places like this. No doubt. But man, the Popeyes in Louisiana. It's not like I don't think you have to have a degree to work at Popeyes in Louisiana. In and Out Burger pays people like two dollars more per hour, so you get the very best employees. That's true. By the way, Chick Fil A too. Trivia. I just learned this. Apparently, in Japan on Christmas, Kentucky Fried Chicken is a big deal. It's like a main staple that the Japanese like to eat on Christmas. I cannot explain it. I just I, well, found I can't that explain out. eating Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, I, I, is I, Houston's hot chicken better in Houston? Uh, I don't know that there is there is Houston's <laughs> hot chicken in Houston, to be honest. There's a hot chicken food truck by my old office, though. That's where it's at. Hmm. Uh, but Houston's hot chicken, not bad here. I've had it here. I didn't have it in Houston. All right. So there we go. That That hot chicken conversation concludes our NFL discussion. All right. So let's wrap up our little miniature best bet segment here. Uh, before we wrap the whole show up. And, Fez, I know you have a best bet for the people. First, though. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Fire up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. RJ would be so proud of me for playing that. All right, what do you got, Fez? All right, we're going to go to DraftKings Games of the Year. Because this is a best bet on the pod and not a, I'm not giving out a client play, I can take a few liberties in terms of sure. maybe it's not as widely available everywhere. We're going to go week three. Indianapolis at Baltimore. Baltimore's laying seven. That's a number you are not going to see come week three. Uh, power rating-wise, I would make the number higher. Baltimore has a fine home field advantage. Um, and they're a good t- six points better than Indy on a neutral anyways. And as far as a matchup, not that I spend a lot of times with matchups, I got to feel Baltimore, who has a running quarterback, and they're used to seeing that. Um, there's not going to be any worries if Indy does go ahead and have a offense that has some running incorporated with their new quarterback. So because of that, um, Indy isn't going to score, and Baltimore's going to score a lot. So Baltimore's going to cover minus seven. All right, Baltimore minus that's week three. You said yes, September twenty fourth. All right, Scott Seidenberg, you got a best bet for the people. Uh, I'm going to just reiterate what I've been saying for the past couple of weeks, and it's the St. Louis Cardinals to win the NL Central. Number is still a decent bet at plus two twenty. Fez, I saw that you finally got on board. I, I did. You wanted me to bet that like plus three seventy five or I something. I wanted you to bet at plus four, plus like four fifty. Yes, and the reason that I didn't was I was lazy and I didn't do my. I no no. The reason is because I analyzed the schedule very closely and saw that they were playing Red Sox, Milwaukee, and then four against the Dodgers, and so I was concerned this team was already ten below five hundred mm-hmm. that they could be done. So if things went badly, well. Now they get to beat up on the cupcakes, the Reds of the world, for the next couple months, and they're only five games out of first. And frankly, I looked more closely at their division, and things have changed. Pittsburgh and uh, got off to a good start. Uh, the Cubs got off to a good start. Both those teams have shown their true colors. Neither one of those teams is going to win 79 games this year, which means all St. Louis has to do is beat a very mediocre, meh, Milwaukee team that seems to play worst daily. Yeah, Milwaukee's in first place right now, and they have a negative run differential. 
and St. Louis has a very solid a positive, positive run yes. differential. So um, I think St. Louis is going to be in first place by the All-Star break. So I love this pick. You're giving current number, what, plus 225? Plus 220 right now. If you want to just look at the Cardinals to make the playoffs, honestly, I don't like that bet because the, the, it's plus 130. The only way they're making the playoffs is if they win the division. Because they're not going to be a wild card, and, the, and there's too many good teams in the National League. You know, I agreed with you until the Padres started losing all these games. Because the Padres are the swing state in all this. If the Padres suck, and maybe they'll come around and win 86 games, but but if Padres only win 80, all right, would you not agree that now you're going to have trouble finding, you know, all the wild cards that are going to be able to beat St. Louis? Maybe uh... Arizona? Maybe Arizona or maybe Philadelphia. Philly finally wakes up because be. Bryce Could Harper be. just came back. He's still getting into the groove of things. And Trey Turner has been god awful for Philadelphia. Do you realize that he had more home runs and RBIs in the World Baseball Classic than he's had so far for the Phillies in 50 games? See, that's why you shouldn't play in the World Baseball Classic. <laughs> ask, ask the trumpet kid ask about Jose that. Altuve about that. But, yeah. but he got hurt too. Yeah, that's yeah. how he got hurt. He hasn't played yet this season. <laughs> but if the Phillies turn this thing around because Turner starts to play like the MVP candidate that he was coming into the season, yeah, I could see Philly surging up. Fair enough. Fair and enough. the freaking Giants, who are never good, never have the players that are, make them where they're supposed to be good. Never. They always seem to find a way to be there. That, the, the Giants mix. are they're, they're going to win 79. They're, an 80, they're, they're a 500 team. They're 81 and 81. All right. Yeah. What was my preseason line? The Giants the are always a 500 team. Familiar- They're always supposed my, to be. My preseason Giants was 80. Just to familiarize okay. the listeners that don't follow hockey or baseball, how many wildcard teams are there? Well, there's now three wildcard teams. Mm-hmm. So there's an extra wildcard team. Yes. So I think the wildcard teams will, you'll get guaranteed one from the National League East. You're going to get the Mets. The Mets so, probably like, likely the Mets. The Mets Braves loser, right? You'll. Yep. Arizona. I think you'll get one. You'll get a, the. You'll get a second place team in the West, which could be Arizona, could be San Diego if they come back. Can't be Colorado. And then the third wild card team, I believe, comes from the National League East. Maybe the Phillies, uh, or we can see the National League West if the Diamondbacks still hang around. You don't think it could be the Brewers? No, I think the Brewers will fall off. And I think the Cardinals win the division. I think that And if the Brewers make the wild card, but the thing then, is, then there's no better bet than the Cardinals to win the to, to the make division. the playoffs yeah. because because they'll have won the division yes. and you could have gotten a bigger, bigger payoff, but you'll still be but heading think, to the window. I think the winner of the Central is like an eighty four win team. You know, I don't think it's and I don't think maybe that's good enough to get a wild card. I mean, what was the Phil- Phillies? Our friend, only, our, Phillies won eighty five last year and our, they made the wild card, right? Our, our, our friends at, at the South Point have um to win the pennant St. Louis Phillies eighteen to one. You 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 could munch on a little eighteen to one, right? For they don't St. have the Louis? pitching. Do you know how many unless they make a see unless they make a trade, which yeah. I do believe the Cardinals will be buyers. We saw them be mm-hmm. buyers last year with Jordan Montgomery. The Cardinals could be in a position to be a buyer as well. Without year. looking. Yeah. Do you know how many teams in the National League have a positive run differential? Uh, I will go. I'm going to say I can confirm that Scott's not looking. I'll go six. No, I'll say four four in the East, three in the Central, seven. I'll say ten. There's no way the Marlins have a positive run differential. They're garbage. It's It's six. It's six? Wow. It's the the Atlanta Braves. Mm Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Oh, no one in the East does. Well, Chicago. Chicago. Chicago's plus twenty six. Yeah, yeah. They have this. They have the third best run differential in the NL. Mm-hmm. In the NL, uh, the Cardinals are plus twenty. 
Dodgers and Diamondbacks both in the plus. Everybody mm-hmm. else is negative. It's crazy. Hey, all that, all that San Diego team does is hit line drives in, 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 at people. Something. San Diego's minus five. They are the unluckiest team. First I've place ever Brewers seen. minus six. They stink. Yeah. They just stink. Well, and, then, and this and this and this Marlin team. What are they like? Minus twenty, and they're like and they're at five hundred. They are minus fifty seven. Yeah, and they are one game below. It's one of my 500. big. I, it's my like one of my larger bets. F you Marlins. I got them under seventy six and a half for a, a ton, and I'm going to lose by one game because of all these stupid close wins. Meanwhile, like everybody in the AL East has a positive run differential. Four out of the five in the AL West have a positive run. You know, I'm glad you brought this up because I'll give another best bet. Bet AL East against anybody else every game the rest of the year. I actually think you're going to turn a profit. These teams are juggernauts compared to everybody else. And since they don't don't have to play each other 13 times, you know, you're looking at Boston and they are – like they'd be leading a lot of divisions, and but they play in the AL East. Well, I have to admit, maybe the most wrong I've ever been on a bet today uh, it happened today, when I bet the Tampa Bay Rays. I think I bet minus one twelve uh, to win against the Toronto Blue Jays, and they lost by nineteen runs. Yeah, there was a very suspect error though by the third baseman that could have. I'm making that up. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know what could have happened that would have made that a better result for me. But, uh, but how about that? The that's Ra- gonna put that's gonna put a hole in the run differential. Uh, yeah, it knocked them all the way down to a plus one oh seven. Like they, <laughs> what that Tampa? My goodness, they were at, at plus one twenty six going into the day. The Blue Jays were at plus five. I bet the A's under 48 wins for like my ninth bet against the A's. If the A's come back and have a spirited comeback and win 61 games, um, I, oh, I'm i sorry, 63 games because I have a huge bet. Will a team lose 100 games as well, if you recall? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm bankrupt. Good news. We found a system. Scott and I did. Yeah. If you bet against the Oakland A's the day after they win a game. You're nine and one. Nine and one plus seven point three five units. They, they they beat Kansas City twice in a row. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And that was it. They won. They won two series, I believe. I know they beat Kansas City in a series. I think they had one other. Um, and and this is like historical. They're playing Seattle, and some books just grade it based upon three games, not mm-hmm. four games, even though it's a four game series. Even at those books, Seattle was minus five fifty. And they bet Seattle to win the series. Seattle, the fourth place team, a 500, 500 team, yeah, scuffling along, and of course, oh well, now we now we get to win our four games, and suddenly we'll people will be like, oh, Seattle's playing good yeah. ball. The A's are ten and forty. It's the worst start since the nineteen thirty two Red Sox. Oh my god, Mackenzie it, said it's like the sad. Uh, major league, and it is because like the A's don't. The A's are moving their team, but they don't have a hot owner. So it's like it, it, <laughs> think about how good Detroit. Rally around. Yeah, <laughs> think about how good that Detroit. Like team imagine was. if the A's put up a, a cutout of their owner <laughs> yeah. and strip him down. Of course, they'd never be able to pull anything off because <laughs> yeah. they're never winning. Ugh. Detroit started thirty-five and five. Think about how much better thirty-five and five is than forty and ten. So as bad as the A's are, uh, Detroit was almost twice as good as that. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. That's unreal. All right. Uh, I can't think of anything else, Fez, so that only leaves one thing. Hey! Hey! Be careful out there. Talk to you next week.